0: Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, and we're always available around the country on the go with the free Odyssey app. Download it today, A-U-D-A-C-Y, and just search 910 The Fan to hear us live and local here in Richmond Monday through Friday from 12 to 3 p.m. You can always check out. Washington Wizards games here on 910 The Fan with the radio party hosted by Dave Johnson. He's the play-by-play voice of the Washington Wizards, and he joins us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. What's up, Dave?
1: Well, uh, we're here in Denver. We we start the, I don't want to say second half of the season, which is only 28 games left. Uh, You know, anytime you hit an all-star break, it makes it sound like it's dividing up the season in half, and that's not the way it works, but... Uh, you know, and I know he's one of your favorite players, and, and he's been mine since he's been in the league. Quite frankly, because of the way he plays defense. But uh, I'm just excited to see how this season finishes for Denny Abia, because yeah. from the opening tip of this season, after he got a four-year contract extension, he has played with the attitude that says, "You know what? It's great to be wanted." And he he said that, and look, and we all feel that, and all our listeners, when your when your boss or your your employer makes you feel wanted. Uh, in many cases, you want to go out and give that, that extra. And, and um, you know, not that he wasn't before. He's been a hard worker since the beginning. But he's certainly rewarded uh, the Wizards uh, in their with their in their in faith in him with his play.
0: No, you're certainly right about that. I'll be having an eye on Denny Avdia and Bilal Koulibaly throughout the uh, second half of this NBA season. But we have to get to the All-Star festivities, Dave. I mean, you know, the conversation was... All around the sports world yesterday, every sports radio station it felt like had their own take on this. How do we fix the All Star Game? It was just you not know, competitive.
1: You know, well, the problem is, uh, yeah. I, I mean, my personal opinion is the only All Star Game that that really works is is the Major League Baseball All Star Game because of the you, know, you can get hurt in baseball. But let's face it; that's why they play 162 games. <laughs> you 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 know the chances of Getting hurt are not that great. I, I mean, look, it, it, old sports have tried to do. Uh, I, I mean, I don't, the Pro Bowl is not even a Pro Bowl anymore. It's flag football. I've lost track right. of Right, flag doing. football. <laughs> uh, right, because, you know, needless to say, football is, 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 is <laughs> yeah, it's great at the time when, when we grew up and, uh, you know, the Pro Bowl was always that trip to Hawaii and, and et cetera. But, yeah, great, you go to Hawaii and you blow out your knee and you never play again in the NFL. So, uh, you know, the same thing with hockey. It's a contact sport. And, um, and I think they've tried various formats in hockey. And, and people can correct me if I'm wrong because at one point it was, thought it was Team World against Team USA or, or whatever they've tried to do. So it, it's very difficult because it's, it's like, it's almost contradictory. The same uh, as it becomes a part of sports talk radio, we talk about, well, you know, the championships and winning a ring and et cetera. Those, that's the important stuff, or trophies. Uh, but then we, we you know, then do you really want these people to, uh, you know, compete that hard in in the All Star game? That's, um, uh, you know, and it's even strike. Look, baseball. I mean, correct me again if I'm wrong. I'm trying to remember uh, because my mind is is lost now here in Denver at the altitude, <laughs> and I'm not thinking as clearly. But but then, but you know, baseball. It wasn't the winner of the All Star game that that league got the home field advantage in the yeah. World Series for a yep. while. Yeah, so. Uh, it's it's triggered lots of of tinkering, and I, I think part of it is also, uh, you know, you think about major the All Star Game, major League baseball All Star Game. Uh, it, once upon a time, and, and to our younger listeners, this will blow them away. But you didn't get to see uh, the other leagues' players. You heard about them, you read about them, but but there wasn't nine hundred cable channels, and not everything. But there wasn't YouTube, and not uh, so it was. It was it was exciting, you know. You got to, you know. I, I'm a, a child of the '70s slash '80s, so you got that. You got to see. Wow, it's pretty cool to see what what that stadium looks like. Or uh, I, I just think it it it's now because uh, it, these all these stars are are so accessible. It 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 makes it less of a mystique, uh, you know. Not to, uh, um, you know, give a, a, a shout out to MLS, what they have done. Well, to give a shout out to MLS, but to make their All Star game competitive, their All Stars uh, and they they, they have their All Stars going up against a European or uh, well, basically it's been a European team like Major League Soccer All Stars played Arsenal last year. There's been Chelsea, and that game you can say, well, we're not going to compete, but once they get out there, the the, those European teams are in their preseason and they want to get some time in. It's a short preseason. And they're they're naturally become <clears throat> all right. We're going up against Arsenal, uh, it, and you know, quite frankly, they play at a high level, and you do worry about about injury. But it, it's it's I really don't. This is a long winded answer that you did, probably didn't want, but it's just I don't know how you fix it because um, nobody wants to get hurt. And the way these players are, the basketball players, I i the way they I see it every night, and they play at such a high intense level, which which makes. Uh, the NBA so exciting uh, and you wonder there's not more injuries Um, uh, but you you certainly don't want it you know, an all-star to go down and then that ruins uh, the team season, so I I, I really don't have an answer for how you make it more competitive, I don't think you know, somebody said, well make, you know, again like baseball did, make the winning uh, you know, provide some incentive t- toward postseason, but I, you know, that I think cheapens the regular season. Yeah,
0: no, I don't like that, but I do think the MLS kind of did it right with their format of our all stars against Europe, and I think you know maybe the NBA could do you know USA against international guys with Jokic and Giannis leading the way against LeBron. Maybe that would work, but you know what's frustrating is Dr. J and Larry Bird and other Hall of Famers talked to the players before the game about the importance of the competitiveness in this All Star game and you just saw none of that. I sh- I started my show Saturday in D.C. before the slam dunk contest and three-point contest with the take that social media has ruined the dunk contest because now you see all the highlights on Twitter. You used to have to watch it live. I think you what? could argue the same thing as with the All-Star game. You know, uh, growing up, you didn't get to see the Houston Rockets. You didn't get to see Tracy McGrady what? and Orlando. Now what? every game is televised and so many games are on national TV. You've seen these stars before. But, Dave, here's my crazy idea. I think they need to go back to the root of the sport, which is players who grew up playing basketball have all played make it, take it, blacktop basketball. When you lose, you sit down. And that sucks. When you lose, you have to sit there. So maybe incorporate that element. So I have an idea of 20 All-Stars, four teams of five, and it's a round robin. When you're the team that loses, you five sit down and have to watch for a quarter.
1: No, you know what? That's very that's very good and that's very innovative and that's as you just point out that that brings it back to to the the, uh, the roots for all these players because mm-hmm. they all went through that and you know my partner on radio Glenn Totsler talks about uh, you know just how, far, how hard they fought uh, because of what you were talking about in, in the you know he was in the playgrounds in New York and you know you didn't want to sit out yeah. uh, you wanted to stay on the court and you really had to fight to stay on the court so that that's I can see that concept, and why not, you know, try something like that? Uh, because look, I, I also think, as, as you talk about Dr. J and etc., you know, once upon a time, you know, it, 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 these guys were not paid what they are now, in, in all sports, it's not just basketball. So, you know, back in the '70s, you know, if you got extra money for winning the All-Star game, you know, that meant a lot. Yeah, you know, because that's you were you were not making money, life-changing you know, I'm going to retire on this money, not even the, you know, uh, 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 they're in the seventies. Uh, they're making good money, but not, you know, so yeah, if you, if you, I don't know what the bonuses were back then, but if you got an extra 15,000 for winning the all-star game, that was big. Yeah. And so, but, but you're not going to do it with money incentives. So what you just described, um, I've not heard that kind of thought. That's really outside the box. You better get on the uh, email trail with the commissioner. That's a good idea.
0: <laughs> yeah, Adam Silver, we, we share a name. Come on, let's get in touch. Yeah. Uh, so right. you're in Denver for the Wizards against the Nuggets tomorrow at 9 p.m. The radio party begins. Uh, have you had a chance to talk to Bilal Kulabali about his experience at All-Star Weekend?
1: yeah he, he just you know he he's such a sweet kid and just he he just loved it and and it really as i said with with i think I hope listeners and fans appreciate it it's it's the uh, the really the only times i've i've seen him let himself uh you know let his guard down and smile a lot and just uh because it 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 really is for him living a dream uh, that he you know never thought possible and suddenly hes a, you know uh, an all-star game and when I say you know showing the smile that's what I talk about as he's gone about his business this season as a rookie in this league he is he is very business-like if he slam dunked it's great a poster dunk uh no change of emotion he messes up no change of emotion he's he's just stayed very locked in and, and I think everybody has been so impressed with his maturity beyond his years and Um, again I think I shared with you that Kevin Serafin who was um, once a wizard had had said to him you know uh, before he came to the NBA and Kevin could say this because he is French he said don't play like a scared Frenchman in other words don't come to the NBA um, and and mentally uh, you know become defeated before you physically become defeated so he's certainly been mentally strong all year and and i, I you know we're all hoping he has a, 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 a continues what he's doing i uh, and i'm just and i think the wizards have brought him along at at the right pace people were saying well why don't you start him or this or, you know again i think we need to appreciate he's a he's a 19 he's still 19 yeah he's still 19 and and i, I like that's why i like the way um when i say the way they brought him along it's not been with kid gloves he's been given some of the toughest defensive assignments in this league, period, because he can guard four players. Um, but I think it's also important, to, you know, don't burn them out because whether it's college or these guys coming from Europe, they're coming from, let's face it, 30-game 30 seasons, 35 games if you're really good and win the NCAA title or you do well in the Euro EuroLeague or, or whatever, 40 games. You know, we're about to hit game, whatever I said fifty three, fifty four, um or something like that i mean already we played more basketball in a condensed period than he's ever seen in his life right so and the games are longer important. yeah and the games are longer so it's it's and you know there's more uh the travel the games are you're not playing two games a week you know you sometimes you're playing you know three and well we're playing three uh three games in three cities and four nights coming up thursday friday and sunday in dc so um you know when when people ask that question that's why when you're just 19 years old and you're a rookie in this league you know it does you need to remember what they're going from too and it's a big big jump
0: Yep, but I'll have my eye on the Wiz kids Corey Kispert 24 years old Denny Avdia 23 and the youngster Bilal Koulibaly over the second half of the NBA season Dave always appreciate the time man thanks so much I keep keep
1: putting out that all-star idea. I like that. That's outside the box. Hey, That's spread
0: the word. Good. Tell Glenn Consor about it.
1: <laughs> no, We're, we're, we're going to talk well, and he'll relate to that, because yeah. uh, he, he's told me enough stories about his playground days, so <laughs> I'll, I'm going to definitely tell him about this. All Thank right. you so much.
0: That's Dave Johnson. All right. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD on the Fan. <laughs> Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105... 1 FM. Phone lines are open throughout the show. 833-804-0910. We'll drive down Richmond Highway with the czar Gary Hess at 215. Uh we got Lauren Cox, who is a Bears reporter. I want to find out if the Bears are locked in to Caleb Williams or if they're possibly going to trade that pick and run it back with Justin Fields. We'll get the Bears' perspective on the upcoming NFL Draft at 2.30. But right now, it's time for the Cowan Gates Hokies Update with Bill Roth. What's going on, Bill?
2: Good afternoon. Good to talk with you again. Good to talk with all the Hokies in in Richmond. And uh, we're excited. We've got a huge basketball weekend coming up here, and it's already been a pretty good week for uh, Hokie Hoops.
0: Yeah, is it nine wins in a row for the Lady Hokies?
2: Yeah, they're up to uh, number eight in the rankings. And Sunday, Tech plays North Carolina. It'll be the final regular season home game. They're likely poised to host NCAA tournament games at Castle. Uh, But it'll be the last game for that group of seniors. And college game day is coming to Castle for Sunday before the game, which is exciting for our, our players and the fans here. It's sold out. Again, every women's game's been sold out and it's amazing. I, I, I was looking on Vivid Seats and Seat Geek like the prices. Secondary market ticket for this Liz Kitley's final game in Castle rivals any football game we've ever had at Virginia Tech. Mm. It's incredible what the prices are for these tickets from the secondary market.
0: That, that's unbelievable. Hey hey, Bill, you know, it's it's kind of a cop out easy thing to say, but it feels to me when I watch Virginia Tech, the key to them every game is for them to win the first quarter. When they get off to a good start, they usually win.
2: Well, they're winning most of their games regardless, but yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny, they're, they're... They've played their last four games on the road in a row were uh, at Syracuse, at Carolina, at NC State, and at Louisville. Yeah. All four teams were ranked on the road, and and the Hokies won all four of them. and And... The Syracuse game up at the Dome, it was 23-9 to after the first quarter. And this game Sunday at the Yum Center three days ago was a blowout. I mean, the, the Hokies had them down 20 at halftime. And they, they've got a really good team at Louisville. They've gone to the Final Four a few times. They had 12,000, 13,000 people in their arena, and it was crazy. And it was a blowout. And you're right, when, when they're, they're really good at at, at On the road, particularly the last couple of weeks, ending the game early like it was—that wasn't really over after the first quarter. But you know, you get the other team down by like 15 points on their home gym early. Uh, It's pretty impressive, and no one has been able to stop the the duo of Amor and Kidley in in our league. And uh, but that being said, there's 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 the regular season left, the ACC tournament, and then the NCAA tournament for this team. So. Hopefully they can make a repeat to the Final Four, but this time win those last two games.
0: You know, what seed do you think they could get up to? I, I've been saying may, possibly a two seed.
2: Uh, they were a number one last year, right. uh, and as of right now on that bracketology, for the women's side, they're a two.
0: And that's because NC so, State's above them?
2: Which is crazy because the Hokies beat them twice. Right, right. However, like, you, yeah, I get it. But, you know, the thing is, as long as you're in the top four... You get to play NCAA tournament games at home in the first and second round. Yeah. So it, it's it's yes, you'd love to be a one, but the difference between a one and a two is negligible, right? Whereas the difference between a four and a five is pretty dramatic, right? Right. You don't want to be a you don't want to be a five and have to go on the road to play, because if you are a four, you get you are going to get two home games, which you know I don't know that it's fair in women's basketball that that happens. It's not. You know, there's clearly not neutral sites for these first two games. But if you have earned a home game or two, then you should take advantage of it. I think that's that's the way you got to play it. And and you know, they're not guaranteed wins because you're at home. But it but it's nice to play in your home arena for sure.
0: Bill, do you do you have any idea? Has anybody, men or women, been ACC Player of the Year three times? No. Love that.
2: <laughs> yeah, and. and you know her number will be retired here, her jersey, and uh, you can you can look at the stats. She's the she's the best basketball player ever at Virginia Tech, men's or women's, and her statistics and her, her player of the year, all these accolades. But even the statistics, I mean, she's had what? She's going to have, and when, when her career is done, she's going to have like eighty something double doubles. Right. Yeah, I mean that's just unbelievably dominant. I mean her her numbers compared to everybody else that has played here. Are like, you know, they're like Wayne Gretzky's statistics. Like, like he's lapped everybody that's second, and it's like that. That's the way she, her statistics are here. And but she's the sweetest, nicest young lady. She's the most incredible teammate. Uh, you know, everything that you would want. And and well, we're just so lucky that she's here. And yeah, the the, the Kitley jersey will be hanging from our arena here for, for uh, forever when they decide to make that happen.
0: All right, let's move over to the men's side of things. How about that butt whooping of UVA, seventy-five to forty-one? It was low scoring for about the first six minutes of the game, and then the Hokies started scoring, and UVA did not.
2: <laughs> yeah, you could see the. You know, it's funny. You you saw the flaws of both teams Monday night, and uh, early in this season, you saw Virginia. You know, they a couple of times on the road, several times on the road, they got really, you know, out of it. They get behind early. They they're not built up. Speed the game up and press and, and go up and down and, and Memphis got them pretty good and some others and that's what happened in Castle. It was a twelve twelve game and then the Hokies scored what twenty straight points and and the crowd got into it and I, I went to both press conferences following the game both Coach Young and Coach Bennett's and it was interesting neither guy saw it coming mm-hmm. like they both thought it would be a close game there was no indications the game was tied at twelve right it, nope and I think at the first TV timeout it was two to two right. Yeah, uh, I think it was 4-2, so the, Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was there was no indication, even four, six, seven minutes into the game, that it was going to be a forty-point kind of whip, uh, whooping. And but you know, I think again, the crowd really affected that game. It really impacted Virginia. Yeah, and, and I, I, I they, they didn't want to be there. Like you mm-hmm. could just see their body language, like. Yeah, there's 16 minutes to go in the game and they they, they want let's go get our meal and go. You could kind of tell uh every loose ball tech got, every second chance basket tech got. Um the crowd was just ridiculously intense. Yeah. And uh just like we see in football. And I and I like that. You know, our our, our students have really taken ownership of our sports teams here. Every game sold out on the men's side and you know, they're an NIT team, and you can't get in. So it goes to show you where we are right now with this particular group of our students and, and clearly our fan base right now.
0: You know, I want to give Coach Mike Young a ton of credit. You know, a lot of people have told me he, he's a magician on the offensive end when his sets, and you saw that against UVA. When his players run the offense with confidence— They get open looks, and when you're open and you're playing with confidence, you're going to knock them down. It was just great to watch those offensive sets where everybody was involved. MJ Collins getting an open look, and then Poteet's getting a bucket. And it wasn't just Hunter Couture and Padula like you've had for a lot of the season.
2: Yeah, You know, the game in Charlottesville, Coach Bennett, they did a really good job of taking Lynn Kidd out of the game. They they were physical with him. Uh, They banged him around a little bit. They denied him way better. First possession here Monday night. The first play, they lob it into Kid, and he scores. And 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 if you look at the Virginia Tech basketball this year, the men's side, like when Lynn Kid contributes, they win. They need that. They need that guy to, to to produce. Yeah. Not just get touches, but but get points and rebounds. He did not at JPJ. Uh, that Virginia did a good job. They were physical with him. They were physical on the perimeter. Monday night, they, they were neither, and, and that's what Coach Bennett talked about like you, you they let him catch the ball on the block and turn and score over and over and <laughs> over and that's not UVA and that, and I think you know that's you know, I'm I'm going to be really interested to see how they play this week because Baycott is incredible and obviously Hubert Davis and that staff is watching you know UVA post defense but you know the Cavs are, are like the Hokies they they play so much better at home they play with a lot of confidence. Their crowd helps them in Charlottesville. And, you know, I, it, it would not shock me. Would it shock you one bit if Virginia beats Carolina? If no. Virginia figures I, a way to control Baycott?
0: Well, that's what I was saying. I wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me if they beat Carolina and Duke over the next three games. You
2: know? Yeah, but, but that's my point. So, like, you Virginia's kids, I'm sure, you know, you, you're going to watch the tape and, like, we'll talk next week. But it wouldn't shock me if they're going to go, you guys did a great job on Baycott, but you couldn't corral in kids and that's a credit to Lynn and that's a credit to Tech and it's a credit to Castle Coliseum and just the way it is right the difference of home versus being on the road uh, in 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 our league and in, in all of college basketball
0: yeah bill why we got you is there any news on the football team
2: nothing of note good question i met with our some of our coaches yesterday just i do a every year i do kind of a what would be the best way to put it a gaggle kind of thing or just you know we just <laughs> sit down and kind of just Sit in their office and talk about things and players to watch. And I'm going to have a column coming out on in Hokiesports.com in my Roth report here, just about the the mental ascension that Kyron Drones has made. That you know we saw his running ability this year; he was great, just an amazing player at 240 pounds. You saw his passing; he was among the ACC leaders in passing efficiency and touchdowns. But what they were most impressed with, Adam, was his ability to run audible and 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 noted and change pass protections based on the defense Yeah, and they showed me a couple of examples during the course of the year where and i'll get more into this i have to write it first but uh i think anyone who's coached or played football knows like you've got a young quarterback teams are trying to trick him they're trying to disguise defenses there were several running plays this year where he changed the running play he changed the uh the scheme and the actual play call, the blocking scheme and the play call at the snap, and it went for a big run. And they brought up uh, one against Pitt, two against Virginia, and two against Tulane. These are running plays that, that went, and they said, "No, that was not the play call." Dr- drones checked into it, even though it looked like the play would work based on what the defense was doing. But they were they were disguising it. They were trying to trick him, and and so. He's thinking along, not necessarily outsmarting a defensive coordinator, but he, he was able to anticipate what the defense was going to do. So I was really interested in that because that's way above my head, <laughs> you know, how to how to change a running play based on where the Sam linebacker might be going. And Drones got into that through lots and lots of film work and lots of really good work with, with Tyler Bowen, who's the, the offensive coordinator and quarterback coach.
0: That's awesome. You just got me fired up, Bill. Always appreciate you taking the time. Thanks so yeah, you much. Never,
2: you, yeah, someone rips off an 18-yard run, you don't, you don't often credit the quarterback. Right. Yeah, but, but that's that's what they showed me yesterday, and I'm like, that's really cool. Good job. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a good season for the Hokies, bringing everyone back offensively. That's Bill Roth. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to Watt on the fan. Up, I gotta get you credit, man. You put me in a good mood with this song. This is one of my favorites. Yeah, you told me to add it. It's a good song. I added Turn it up for a second. I added
3: it to my playlist because I like the song now. Right? Yeah.
0: It, just, it makes me feel like I'm playing Madden again. <laughs> I'm drinking you know, a Dr. Pepper
3: oh, dude, and a I, Twinkie. I got 2011 Madden for the Wii yeah. soundtrack Un.
0: It's <laughs> It's fantastic. I love that. Yeah, it reminds me of my childhood. All right, joining us right now, talk a little NFL on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. He's the host of Locked On Bears. It's Lauren Cox. What's going on, Lauren?
4: I was jamming out to the anthem too. Can we turn that back up? Yeah, right?
0: Why don't we just turn off our (laughs) microphones and just jam out for the rest of the segment? Uh, But we got a lot to get to here today as, of course, we cover the Washington Commanders. Richmond's home for the Commanders, and they hold the number two overall pick in the upcoming NFL draft. They can get pretty much anyone they want, except Chicago has that number one pick. So, Lauren, let's just say that you were the GM of the Chicago Bears. How would you play out the NFL draft? I
4: wouldn't do it too differently than what we're seeing right now from Ryan Poles in Chicago. Where, listen, I believe Caleb Williams is the best quarterback in this draft, and the guy who gives me the best chance at getting a quarterback that it can be that top-tier game changer, dynamic player of like a uh, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. Everyone says Patrick Mahomes, but that's probably not fair. But that caliber of quarterback, and so. I'm fully planning on taking him and finding the general manager, but at the same time, if a team like Washington wanted to give me a call and offer me something that would just blow my socks off, uh, you know, I'll, I'll at least listen. There's no reason for me to say no, no chance. I mean, probably not a high likelihood, but I'll at least listen and ultimately still end up settling on Caleb and being very happy with that decision.
0: Do, how do you view Justin Fields? Personally, I think Justin Fields is still
4: a starting caliber NFL quarterback and okay. somebody that can go to another team and have success in his career. Like I, I don't think he's ever going to be, you know, the true top tier elite of the elite quarterbacks. But I think he can be, you know, anywhere from a, you know, in in the, you know, top twenty, top fifteen, you know, fifteen to twenty type range quarterback that you can you can win football games with. If you give him a good supporting cast, he can do some special things on top of that. Like it's not just like a a game manager situation where, like, yeah, you give any quarterback good receivers and a good offensive line, a good offensive coordinator, a lot of guys can win that way. But I, I think Justin is a guy who can give you something even a little extra if you're able to give him that supporting cast. He just needs a little bit more of that support to truly unlock everything he's capable of doing. And I think he'll go somewhere and be successful somewhere else, just maybe not Super Bowl, maybe not to the level that I think Caleb Williams could take me.
0: Right. And I you know I kind of view Justin Fields as a guy that can be a starter in the NFL, You know, he's just got to have good weapons around the outside, and he's got to have a good defense, and he's got to limit his mistakes and keep improving, Uh, but I've been saying on this show that I just, I look at it as, Chicago has the number one overall pick with Justin Fields, I just think there's zero chance that they run it back with Justin Fields, and don't use this number one pick on a quarterback, do you kind of feel the same way?
4: Yeah, that's, that's definitely the perception coming out of Chicago right now. Everything we've heard from the organization behind the scenes is, yeah, full speed ahead that direction. Like, they're still kind of checking their boxes and dotting their I's and crossing their T's on Caleb just to make sure, you know, go to the combine, do the medical checks, do the interviews, just kind of sit down and be 100% sure comfortable that this is the guy that they want to take. But, I mean, I, the debate, the debate is shifting more from Fields versus Caleb Williams to, Caleb Williams versus Drake May versus Jaden Daniels. Like, Which rookie quarterback is it going to be? Not so much is it going to be Fields or a rookie.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I have been Caleb or Bust for a long time here with the Commanders. He's a local kid, and I get it. We haven't had success with the local kids in the past. I I bring up the late uh, Dwayne Haskins and Chase Young as the most recent local guys, but I don't think that's a reason to stay away from Caleb. I've been saying I want the Commanders to do everything and anything to get Caleb but as of late, the more I do research, I am starting to kind of fall in love with Drake May, so I'd be fine with him sitting there at two and falling into our lap. Do you think Chicago you know, changes their mind and maybe says, hey, Drake May is our guy, or maybe we could trade back with a team because we like Drake May or Jaden Daniels?
4: Yeah, I, I don't think it's out of the question. I still think the overwhelming likelihood is that it's going to be Caleb, but you never know what kind of comes up in this process. Certainly, we've, we've sort of seen Caleb is... Maybe has a different kind of personality than we're typically used to at the top of the draft, and that doesn't mean it's worse or that he's not going to be successful as a result of that. But he's maybe not the, you know, this typical, you know, Andrew Luck style of. You know, just hard-nosed, to the grindstone kind of keeps quiet and is a you know the, the quiet kind of leader guy at the front of the organization. Like he has a personality, and if for some reason you know that personality clashes in some ways with the Bears, that they just find like they just feel like we just can't feel comfortable with it. I mean, it sounds unlikely to me, but they're they're really going to make sure that okay, are we are we super comfortable with with Caleb Williams, like the person and in beyond just what we see on the film, but really make sure this is the guy that they want. And, and ultimately, I think they will. But they're also going to do their homework on Drake May and Jane Daniels just in case any kind of something comes up along this process.
0: Yeah, I mean, what is your thought on Caleb Williams, the guy that paints his nails and cries on the sidelines to his mom? I'm not affected by it, but I'll tell you, there's a lot of callers in the DMV area that hate that. Yeah, it's
4: definitely an easy it's an easy thing to latch onto if you're looking for a reason to not like Caleb Williams. But I, I come back to always feeling like, listen, is it affecting what we're going to get on the field? And we've seen him still play at an extremely high level in, in in spite of how you might feel about that. And certainly his teammates love him. He's still a great leader. Like I, I think a couple of things to stand out by the way is like one, players cry on the sidelines a lot. Maybe not directly to their mom, and but it's not always caught on camera. But a lot of players after the Super Bowl do cry a lot. And I would bet you today, right? now there are NFL players that paint their fingernails and we don't see it and we don't notice it so no one really knows about it or makes a big deal out of it because it's under their gloves or they don't do it on game day but I have a feeling Caleb Williams is not going to be the only person that comes to the NFL and does those things and if he is an elite NFL quarterback I really don't care what else he does as long as (laughs) he's not hurting anybody and it's legal Like he can kind of do whatever he wants in the rest of his life
0: Lauren Cox with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Follow him on social media at Cox Sports one host of Locked on Bears Uh, Let's go back to this season when Chicago defeated Washington Thursday night football got their revenge from the previous season you know Matt Eberflus coached a heck of a game and out coached Ron Rivera and it's Eberflus that still has his job because of that yeah, that was like the
4: the beginning of the turnaround. Like at, at that point in the process, it was man, if the Bears lose again to Washington, are, are we talking about uh the first in-season firing in Chicago Bears franchise history? It's been over 100 years they've never done it, and they were 0-4 at that point, really needing something desperate to turn themselves around. And a short week against Washington, like this is not going to be a recipe for success. But somehow Justin Fields comes out and has one of the best. Games of his young career and starts to turn around some of the narrative on him, and it kind of takes off from there. And maybe even more importantly, it gives Matt Eberflus an up-close and personal look at Montez Sweat and says, "Ah, you know, yeah, maybe we should trade for that guy if he's available at the trade deadline."
0: Yeah, no, that's a great point. Uh, did he actually did he finish the season as your sack leader and the Commanders' sack leader? <laughs> That's right. I I think he might have
4: been. I don't know if it was the first player in NFL history, but it was one of them. It was historic that he finished as the sack leader for two teams. I think it was the first in NFL history, but don't don't quote me on that.
0: Yep, Lauren. You know we we've heard that it's going to take a historic haul to move the Bears off of that number one pick. I mean, realistically, if Washington was going to trade with Chicago, what do you think the Bears would want in return? I would love if you guys would say. Hey, we already have Montez Sweat. How about throw on Jonathan Allen? Like, I would love to trade one of our veteran pieces instead of just, hey, here's, you know, another future draft pick, another future draft pick.
4: That's the thing. It's probably going to take both. We talk about it being a historic call. Like, it starts with... It, it starts with the second overall pick and next year's first round pick and some kind of player. And, and maybe you got to add a little bit more on top of that. Like, it really needs to be a, a kind of like unrealistic thing where it's like, for Washington, is this really worth it? Because the idea is like, okay, if, if you're pretty sure Caleb Williams is going to be, say, not Patrick Mahomes, but say Joe Burrow or Josh Allen or whatever, like, how much would it take to trade for Josh Allen from the Buffalo Bills right now? Or how much would it take to trade for Joe Burrow from the Cincinnati Bengals right now? Like, it would be as many first and second round picks. You could send them plus some good players on your team. So, like that, if the Bears view Caleb Williams in that light, it's going to be a similar price tag, and it's going to be the kind of thing where for Washington, at some point, it doesn't even become worth it because there's just still a little bit of a risk that maybe Caleb doesn't become that guy, and you just gave up this haul for somebody that cripples your franchise in multiple fronts. Then,
0: Lauren, I want to ask you: Do you have a hot take on Dan Quinn, who is hired as the next head coach of the Commanders?
4: I, I don't know that I have a hot take. I mean, I, I certainly feel like. Washington kind of backed into that and and seemingly kind of settled when things didn't work out with uh, with the Lions offensive coordinator or the Ravens defensive coordinator Ben Johnson or Mike McDonald, and it feels like okay they looked around and here comes Dan Quinn I don't I don't, I don't think it's the worst hire in the world I think he showed an ability in Dallas to adapt his scheme and not just be the Seattle Seahawks cover three single-deep safety defense over and over again. Like, he, he found ways to adapt, so I I think you certainly could be worse off, and I think it's, it's an upgrade over Ron Rivera, so that, that gets you somewhere.
0: <laughs> I love that. Anybody taking shots at Ron Rivera, uh, that's a positive in my book. Lauren, thanks so much for the time, man. I appreciate it.
4: Hey, appreciate you. I was worried Ron Rivera would be the Bears' defensive coordinator this year, so I'm just glad we dodged that bullet.
0: <laughs> I know. I I truly think that Ron was getting interviewed just so people could find out how dysfunctional it was in Washington. Like he applied and got interviewed for the Eagles' defense coordinator position and Dallas' defense coordinator position. I don't think they had in, any interest in actually hiring him. They just wanted to kind of read read what went wrong in Washington. <laughs> get get a good laugh out of it along the way that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Lauren, thanks so much man, we appreciate it. Hey, anytime. Thank you. Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio here on The New Sports Radio 910 the Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open 833 804 833 What did you think we learned from that? It kind of it feels like that he really wants Caleb. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and, and 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 it's it seems I it just seems like
0: they do. Like yeah. the,
3: the the people of Chicago. I, and and I, I
0: mean, we talked about it. It just would be crazy to consider yourself a Bears fan and say, run it back with Justin Fields. But I know a you guy. I know a guy, guy like that. Yeah, I know well, a guy like that. You know what? I know crazy Commanders fans, too. <laughs> one of them is a host here on 910 The Fan, and he goes by Well We appreciate everybody listening to the show. One segment to go. It's game day coming up next on The Fan. Welcome back to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. If you've been paying attention, we've been closing out the show with a new segment, Game Day on The Fan. Every day on AWOD Radio is Game Day, home of the biggest sports fans in town at 910 The Fan. There's always something to watch. We will spotlight the best sporting event of the day here on
2: game day. yeah, right back and I'm here. I got the whole team in here, now it's feeling like gang day and it's gang day. We are yeah. the underdogs of the year, we ranking number one on the list. We put in overtime,
0: so we ready for overtime if the clock ever hits. game day. Gang day. Gang day. Gang day. All right, so I am fired up for the JMU game tonight at Marshall. If you missed it, you can rewind back to 2 p.m. to hear our interview with Voice of the James Madison Dukes, Dave Rigert. They're trying to win 7 games in a row and Ooh. have a chance to be the Sun Belt Conference champions in the regular season. And if they can't get that done because App State has a full game lead on them, well, as long as they're in the top 4, they've got a shot to win the Sun Belt tournament and advance to this year's NCAA tournament. But the game that I'm looking forward to today on game day is actually soccer. It's the return of the Champions League. I think it's the best sporting event in all of sports. You have the greatest athletes from all of Europe competing on different squads against each other. And We are down to the round of 16. So today... Following the show at 3 p.m., I'll be watching Napoli against Barcelona in the first leg of the round of 16 knockout round of the Champions League. And This is a really good Napoli squad who I think could cause some damage and possibly even upset Barcelona tonight. I have my eye on Victor Oshaman, who's 25 years old, out of Nigeria. There's a chance he gets swooped up by one of the big clubs in England uh, next offseason possibly Manchester City Arsenal or Chelsea Uh, but he's the guy to watch out for he bangs in goals left and right for Napoli Barcelona they've got so much talent on their team obviously most people know striker Robert Lewandowski who spent most of his career with Bayern Munich Pedri. Pedri is one of their youngsters. Uh, Gundawan is one of the best midfielders in all of soccer. And then Nigel Nigel De Jong. So this is a really good matchup. This is the first leg. It's going to be Two different games. They'll replay it next week, and it's aggregate. So goals in both games matter as this is the knockout round of the Champions League. We're down to the final 16. You also have a good one, Porto against Arsenal. So there's two good Champions League games today. There were two good ones yesterday. That's my pick of sporting event of the day here on Game Day. Game Day.
3: Game Day. I also thought about taking that JMU basketball game. I'm excited for them. I mean, I didn't even realize it was going to be a franchise record for them to get that win, and I still am, in a way, staying with the Dukes as I'm excited for the Virginia Tech Hokies to take on the JMU Dukes in baseball. Oh. Yeah. I, I didn't even
0: know baseball season began. Baseball season race. began.
3: Yeah, this is the fourth game for the Hokies. They just came off of a, a three-set against Charlotte. Uh, won two out of three. There you go. And now they're taking on the Dukes just for one. They're, they're not doing many. They're out there in Harrisonburg, also at three. Uh, I won't be able to leave and watch that game, unfortunately. But I'll, I'll try to catch some of it, catch some highlights. Maybe I'll get that up in here, see if I can check on it. Uh, hoping the Tech Hokies are, are playing like they did in 2022. Won the division back then. Did not win last year. Yeah. I went, that for, went out there live for a couple of games while I was still there. Great place to be. I love the stadium they have out in Blacksburg. Uh, let's see. They're two and one. They just—they did some pretty good games against Charlotte. Scored ten in the first two, beat them. Lost ten to five in the third one. They're on a two-winning streak against the JMU Dukes in b- baseball, but the overall record that JMU has against them is better. It's a tough rivalry between Tech and JMU, and like Dave was saying, they're just. Jamie was just winning everything this year. Yeah, it's right. it's incredible. I I <laughs> I can't believe it. Um to look out for uh Carson DeMartini, 10 home runs last season. I saw on their Instagram, he was third in the 2024 D1 baseball preseason player rankings. Oh wow. Yeah, they have So oh, they've
0: got themselves a star. Yeah,
3: they've got they've got 6 players in the top 100 uh, according to that post and Chris Ca- Canizaro uh got 2 home runs in one game against Charlotte uh, in their second game and uh Carson Demartini got one in their first game. So, so they
0: got a couple hot bats here yeah. and they'll face off against the JMU Dukes. Stubbs got his eye on baseball season. I do.
3: I, I've been excited for baseball. I love, it's 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 my favorite thing to watch live. I
0: know you were talking about being an Orioles fan. Have yeah. you fully committed?
3: I have fully committed. I've okay. decided I'm going to be an Orioles fan. I know they're starting their preseason on Sunday, yeah. as everyone kind of is this weekend, so I'm excited for that to get started. And, yeah, and Lane Casadante
0: couldn't join us this week because he was just getting back from spring Training with the Flying Squirrels, uh, Ooh, whose season yeah. is just a few weeks. So well, it's about a month and a half away. But uh, Nazis Block Party coming up March second. I'm so looking I'm forward so to that. You just have to experience it. Uh, you know, I knew that the Squirrels meant a lot to Richmond, but it's just eye opening to see that many people come to not a game but just to buy tickets <laughs> to a future game at Nutsy's Block Party. They've got uh, a bunch of food vendors there. It's a great hangout in the parking lot of the Diamond that hopefully by this time next year will be <laughs> dirt because yeah, dirt. they'll have shovels in the dirt hopefully. to build a new stadium. Hopefully. I mean, I oh really
3: hope. I really do I'm hope. hoping Natasha's there. I love Natasha. No, that's
0: my girl. No, no, no. I, stay away. You can have nutsy. Natasha's my girl. No, I, I called dibs on her last year. All right. I wasn't here. I'm sorry about I wasn't that. I was here. I'm calling dibs. I actually took her out I, on a date already. You I'm have? Sorry. <sighs> yeah, that's my flying I, squirrel. I don't that's, stand a chance. All right? <laughs> you, you got nothing. You Dang got nothing. It.
2: Keep I know, trying.
3: I know VCU Baseball kicked off their season. I, I know they had a game in the Diamond last night, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I, the, the stadium was not full. I, I've <laughs> never heard anyone talk about VCU Baseball. Didn't know they had a team, but good for yeah. them.
0: <laughs> last year, at VCU Baseball, so VCU hosted the A-10 tournament at okay. the Diamond. They didn't make it because only the top eight schools <laughs> oh. made it, and they were ninth. Yeah, to be the host school and not make it. Uh pretty embarrassing. Diamond's but, a good
3: stadium though. Yeah, I mean, but th- VCU
0: baseball has had some decent teams. When I was in school, we had this guy by the name of vimiel Machine. Ooh. He was a machine at the plate. Yeah? Went on to the major <laughs> leagues, but I just thought that was always the coolest name in sports. That was game day here on AWOD Radio. Appreciate everybody listening to the show. You can always tweet us your thoughts at AWOD Radio or at nine ten the fan. Thanks to Gary Hess, Dave Riggert and Dave Johnson, who stopped by. If you missed anything, you can always rewind on the Odyssey app or check out the podcast, Best of AWOD Radio, each hour of the show, and a full Best of Hours available for you on your ride home. I'll see you guys tomorrow, Thursday, on The Fan.
2: Gang, day. Gang day.